0: And welcome to the first of our series of Pacific Outlook podcasts. My name is Tess newton Kane, and I am the project lead for the Pacific Hub at the Griffith Asia Institute. If I may, I would like to begin by acknowledging the custodians of the land on which I work and pay my respects to their leaders past and present. In these podcasts, I will be talking to a wide range of people, including members of the Pacific Hub team. We will be exploring issues of power, diplomacy and development as they affect Pacific people and Pacific Island countries. Today, in the first of the series, I'm very pleased to be talking with Dr. Parmendra Sharma. Parmendra is a senior lecturer in the Griffith Business School. He is the founding chair of the South Pacific Centre for Central Banking, which was established in 2016. During this conversation with Parmendra, we will learn more about the work of this centre and a forthcoming online forum for central bank governors, from the Pacific Islands region. Parmendra Lissambula Vanaka, and good morning. Thank you for joining us.
1: Morning to you, Tess. Thank you for having me here.
0: Fabulous. So maybe you could start by telling us a bit about yourself and how your research in the Pacific came about and where you you are now on your journey in terms of research in the Pacific.
1: Well, I think uh, one of the reasons for that would have to be diaspora. So I am from the region, uh, Fiji. Specifically, and uh, I have had in- research interest in the region for as long as I can remember. So I was uh, at the University of the South Pacific before I came to Griffith University. While I was there, I had started doing some research on the region, mainly in the financial sector, financial systems, uh, stock markets, and banking institutions, and others. Uh, and then uh, my journey led to uh, a PhD at Griffith, and. Uh, My PhD also was in uh, the area of financial sector. So the topic was financial development in Fiji, where the country was at this stage and what could be done to to enhance development in the the country. That's what my PhD looked at. Uh, After completing the PhD, I uh, was still interested in doing research in uh, the Pacific island countries. I knew that there were lots of things to be done there, especially uh, in terms of Creating more knowledge uh, for the region so that they can be used for policy making, and that sort of interest led to the formation of the South Pacific Studies Group. Initially, the idea of that group was to reach out to um, institutions and other researchers here in Australia as well as in the region to find some common ground to collaborate to see if we could do some research together. Because if we have, if we had interest in, all of us had the interest in the region, then I was, you know, of the view that we could do some things together. And uh, in the process of reaching out then, so we reached out to a number of institutions here in Australia and in the region, uh, in the region that included University of the South Pacific. Uh, We did some work with the USP for a while, but we were also talking to Reserve Bank of Fiji. Uh, And I uh, had had a stint with the Reserve Bank of Fiji as well before joining USP. Uh, so um I had some connections there and I started talking to uh, senior management governors about the possibility of a collaboration between Griffith University and Reserve Bank of Fiji. And um what happened was that RBF happened to be the most of uh, most interested of the institutions and others who wanted to work with us. And so um then uh, because we started working with RBF then uh, uh, word spread to the uh, other central banks in the region and so, you know, eventually they all became interested and uh, so we started working with them. The South Pacific Center for Central Banking was established in 2016 and that was, uh, that happened at the uh, forum that we had in Brisbane of deputy governors from the region. The issue was looking at the South Pacific uh, and uh, the central banking and um, what the challenges were for the region and for the central region central bankings and what opportunities lied ahead. That's where, that's sort of a background to how it all started and where we are now. That's excellent. That's excellent. So, in terms
0: of the centre, the Centre for Central Banking, what do you think are the strategies that you've used? that have made it so successful? And what might be some of the biggest achievements that you can point to that that center has um, notched up so far? Yes.
1: Yeah, so as I was saying earlier, the, there was a lot of interest from uh, the central banks in doing research with us. The central banks, uh, for example, Reserve Bank of Fiji had tried to work with the University of the South Pacific before they started working with us. The idea of that sort of relationship or collaboration was uh, that uh, the central bank itself wanted to do more research research that could lead to policy making so we had the support of the central banks and uh, right from the right at the top from the governors and of course when the other central banks joined the program then we had support from right at the top again with those central banks but apart from that griffith university also uh, has had an interest in the region asia pacific And uh, for that reason, I think we have this Griffith Asia Institute as well. So Griffith Asia Institute had an interest in what we were intending to do. Griffith itself had an interest in that. Um, Of course, we all know that the Australian government, the real government, uh, has has an interest in the region as well. And uh, in 2018, there was a major policy shift towards the region. So all of this has given us uh, a bit more um, encouragement, inspiration, and support. Griffith Business School, my department, Accounting, Finance, and Economics, also has been right behind this program and giving us all the support they could give us. In addition, um, this st- take various stakeholders, or we can call them development partners, such as uh, Asian Development Bank, World Bank Group, the National Monetary Fund, as well as the uh, Central banks in Australasia, in Australia and New Zealand, they were all, they also became interested in what we were doing. They were uh, very happy to support our goals, our objectives. And uh, so they started participating in uh, some of the activities, in some of the projects. And uh, so um, that has been very helpful. Uh, Stakeholder engagement and uh, development partners and Griffith and the national, you know, the national priorities.
0: That's great. So, in terms of what comes next, I, we're going to talk a little bit about the Governors Forum. But looking beyond that, where do you see this program of work going? What what are the what do you see as the future for this for the center and its work?
1: Okay, I think uh, to answer this que- that sort of question, it might be useful to uh, very quickly outline the vision, mission, and objectives of our program. So the broad vision of the program is entrenching rigour and evidence in economic policy making at the South Pacific Central Banks and this is via research training and policy outreach. The mission of the program is strengthening local capacity for conducting independent rigorous inquiry into the problems facing the management of economies in the South Pacific and uh, the objectives are Uh, broadly, they are to build a credible local capacity for policy-oriented research, to generate research results for use by policy analysts and policy makers, to promote links between research and policy, and uh, the third objective is to encourage retention of high-quality researchers. In terms of going forward, then, these are the things that we would like to keep doing and eventually Come to a stage where the central banks are able to do independent research, research that has rigor is, you know, is rigor and is evidence based. And that research can be used to make policies. That has been the overarching goal for this program. And uh, that's what we intend to do. So, um, uh, yes, so uh, we are uh, hoping to do that. And, um, uh, in the in the process, we will keep working on the research and the joint working papers, and um, and have them published in journals, in good journals. We will continue with the training program that we have started a while back. Give them training on the scientific research, and uh, we have also we have also signed as uh, we have a. Uh, We've had bilateral MOUs, capacity building MOUs with the region. So bilateral with five central banks, Fiji, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, Papua New Guinea and East Timor-Leste. So that uh, those bilateral MOUs have now been converted into a regional one. So uh, that is uh, something great that the governors are very supportive of the idea of a regional approach to everything. In terms of uh, a regional approach and uh, coming together, We've also, signed a regional PhD MOU within Griffith University and the region, which is uh, whereby Griffith University will uh, provide a tuition fee and the central banks will provide stipend and, uh, yeah, stipend. And Griffith, of course, will also provide medical expenses uh, paid for that. So, we are looking forward to uh, starting the PhD program. We couldn't do that this year because of the COVID 19 situation. We hope we are hoping. Are hoping to start with it next year, and uh, we'll continue building on the work we have been doing in the last few years.
0: Well, it's, it sounds like there's plenty to come, and as we've already made reference to, the next big event for your center is the online forum for bank governors, which is coming up very shortly. So, can you tell us a bit about that event and what it is that it aims to achieve?
1: Yes. So, um, the idea of the conference. So, um, we were going to have a um, the next the 2020 conference. A conference is another regional event that we started uh, we commenced in 2018 in Suva, and the idea of that conference was to bring together researchers from the central banks in the region to one place once in a while once in a year at least to uh, present uh, the uh, work they have been doing over the year findings and get feedback and of course to improve the papers as we normally do when we go to conferences that's the idea so uh, we're Planning to have a 2020 conference in Honiara this year, but because of the COVID situation, we couldn't have that. So we decided to, instead of that, uh, have a governors' forum. And the uh, idea of the Co- governors' forum also uh, has come about from the uh, questions and the interests that central bankers themselves, the staff and the central banks, have had in their minds, especially this year when uh, COVID nineteen is uh, affecting economies worldwide, and central banks have. Again, found themselves to be at the center of everything. They are expected to do a lot of things to keep the economies going, to keep uh, the financial system operating. And so there have been a lot of questions in minds of the central bankers themselves and the stakeholders too. So this, this forum that we have on the 11th of November, uh, we will uh, listen to the views and the thoughts of the governors. Uh, In terms of uh, the questions that uh, the participants and the attendants have in mind. So we'll uh, hear from the governors on what their initial experiences have been relating to COVID-19, what the challenges have been. There will be some specific questions for the, for each of the governors. And these might relate to, for example, tourism in the case of Fiji and uh, Vanuatu and uh, monetary policy. Quantitative easing in the case of Papua New Guinea, and then uh, there will be some uh, final questions where we would like to get the views of the governors on um, the way ahead, way forward. So in terms of uh, whether there might be, uh, it might be useful to have a uh, regional body which uh, where the information could be shared or for, for policy making, and uh, also about the. Um, traditional roles and objectives of, of the central banks, whether they are going to be intact or not, or whether there are going to be some changes to that in the future. The um, forum uh, speakers also include, of course, the Vice-Chancellor of Griffith University. She will be giving the opening remarks. And uh, the keynote speaker is uh, federal, a federal minister, Minister Poh. Uh, uh, he is the Minister for International Development in the Pacific. Uh, we are very Pleased to have him as the keynote. Uh, In in addition to the uh, Q and A session, uh, where the panelists will be the governors, the moderators are Caitlin uh, from Grouped Asia Institute, Professor Caitlin Van. So she is the um, director of GEI. and we have Lotte from uh, ADB. She is divisional director based in Sydney. These are they are the moderators. Uh, And uh, in addition to the Q and A session, we will have the uh, formal signing of the regional MOU that I mentioned earlier. So in the presence of the minister and the vice chancellor as well.
0: Okay, well, it sounds like I know an awful lot of work has gone into preparing for this event. And obviously, I wish you much success. I think it's a great achievement to be able to bring together that that group of people in an online format, given everything else that everyone's been dealing with this year. One thing, just as a final question, one of the things I wanted to raise with you, Parmendra, is that At a recent meeting of the W20 group, so that's a a women's uh, leadership group that meeting ahead of the G20 meeting, out of their um, communique came a recommendation that there should be more use made of gender-sensitive financial plans and increased economic inclusiveness. And they see this as a way of promoting recovery from the recession that's been induced by the global pandemic. How important do you think that is as an issue for central banks in the Pacific Islands region?
1: Generally speaking, central banks uh, have, uh, you know, certain objectives and this would be common across uh, across the world, I believe. And so uh, the objectives would be monetary policy, one of them key objectives, and then uh, the objectives also are uh, in terms of the payment system you know making sure that the payment system is stable looking after the uh, soundness or you know monitoring the soundness of the banking system and the entire financial system uh, making sure all well, all they are also responsible for economic growth and unemployment and other things in the in their countries so these are the basic um, objectives and roles of central banks but in the Pacific island countries, of the South Pacific, the central banks have also taken um, on themselves the uh, responsibility of uh, this uh, financial inclusion agenda, the global financial inclusion agenda. And one of the um, key uh, things in the financial inclusion agenda is looking after the interests of uh, those that may be more disadvantaged. And uh, one of those groups are, is uh, women. or you know, This is where the gender issue comes into the picture. So I think the central banks are going to continue to drive that agenda. And in the process, of course, they will keep uh, the interests of uh, women in mind. And of course, I think after this uh, COVID situation, that will become much more important for the central banks if they are going to continue the financial inclusion agenda. Okay.
0: Well, Palmandra Venak for joining me this morning and sharing your thoughts. Um, it's been, I've, I've certainly learned a lot more about the work of your center and congratulations on everything that it's achieved so far and everything that it's going to achieve in the future. And thank you once again for joining us for Pacific Outlook podcast. You've been listening to a Pacific Outlook podcast with me, Tess newton Kane. To find out more about the work of the Pacific Hub and the Griffith Asia Institute, please visit our website or follow us on social media.